Welcome to Drunk on Comics, episode 217. Linz joins me to talk about all things fan fiction, I guess? That's <laughs> not all things, but I learned a few things or two. Yeah, yeah. Well, first we, we actually reviewed some comics. I know, we're trying this, to get back into that. On this episode, so look forward to that, more of that in the future. We're excited about it. Um, talked a little bit about Pokemon and Pokemon Go and some bullshit that I found online with that. Right, which weirdly segued into Twilight and Fifty Shades of Grey, and then also weirdly into hey, He-Man. Do, do you want to keep saying that? You're going to make people <laughs> shut off the podcast now. But it, we ended at He-Man, so yes, there's, we did. A, there's a bright bright spot there. <laughs> we also talked about some new suits that will be debuting. Um... Wow. That Ryan Stegman created uh, in the new Spider-Man Renew Your Vows book. So sit back, relax, and enjoy Drunk on Comics, episode 217, Mouthful of Marbles. So much fun sitting with Lens in the recording studio. This is the new jingle to start the show. <laughs> that was actually kind of good. <laughs> well, that's because as it, life is a musical. In your head, maybe. No, well, <laughs> you ever think of like what those, what other people are thinking when people that are in musicals are seeing these people just singing randomly. Oh, yeah, like this does just, not happen in real life. People just randomly <laughs> then come up and start singing with this random stranger and start doing street dances and then be on their way. Yeah. I, uh, I've i done that a couple times in life. Uh, Why am I not surprised to find this out at all? Sometimes you start <laughs> singing. Like, I, yeah, I just, I've done it, usually to, with myself, not with... It sounds like you have a whole experience. Uh, well, a couple times I've had this experience, but the the biggest one was uh, back in college. It was homecoming football game, and they always do a Renaissance fair um, out of Grand Valley, and we were at the Renaissance fair, and then going from there to the tailgating and having some fun, going by the clock tower and through campus, and I started bringing up the same subject of. What are your thoughts of, like, musicals in real life? Like, how weird would that be? As if someone started singing about what they're doing and then singing about walking through the <laughs> campus. And then it just went on and on. And my girlfriend at the time started joining in. And then well, a couple good. of other buddies <laughs> kind of did, too, making fun of, and here we are joining in <laughs> and singing the stupid song. And, like, really, as long as you kind of, like, kept kind of a bit of a melody or something. You could kind of almost say whatever. It didn't need to really, like, rhyme or anything. Rhyme or anything yeah. Because as musicals just are pretty much to a tune saying exactly what they're doing at That's the moment. True. That's true. That's funny. So essentially you were a bard walking through yes. campus. Look at me. I know where, I know terms. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice to throw that in there, too, because I said Renaissance Festival. Yeah, so. see? I know. I know sometimes it's, I have lots of information deep it's deep in there, and every, <laughs> every once in a while I can I can pull it out. Oh, man, it's been a, a fun fun week and a, a fun day today. My face is yeah. still a bit numb from getting a, a filling in a cavity. <laughs> Glad you finished that sentence, because I was going to fill in the blank for you, and it wasn't <laughs> going to be that. <laughs> so if Tony fa- sounds more ridiculous than normal, it's because half his face is numb. Yeah, I've been drinking through a straw yeah. all day. I mean... <laughs> It's weird how, like, uh, I went to an eye doctor's a, a month ago, just yearly checkup, and that I got my eyes dilated. How much stuff that happens to my body lasts twice as long as a normal person? Does it, or do you just think it does? No, I was also thinking of when I was saying that I was going to say this, that I was like, <laughs> and Lynn's going to say, do you think it does? Because I know you enough to know that when I was going to talk about my body, 
that you're going to try to say that you know more about my body than I do. No, I was just I was just asking. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, truly the the eye dilating thing for sure um, lasts like a whole day. That is excessive. Yeah, and so my eyes were all big then, and now just the numbness is just it's there. It's it's a perm permanum. I'm not gonna lie. I kind of hope you just start drooling, <laughs> so I can make fun of it a little bit. <laughs> Yo, Adrian, <laughs> that's what I feel like right now. Let me eat some meat to punch. <laughs> oh, that can go in a different... Let's leave that alone. <laughs> Moving on from that. Yeah, Um. so we haven't uh, really talked a lot about comics as in the books lately. No. I mean, we'll discuss them here and there, but, you know... we've been. I think half of it is we've been really busy this summer. Well, not only that, there has been a lot of news, and we always yeah. want to kind of be on top of that, because that's more fun discussion, because that's something a little bit everyone can get into. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about specific books, I mean, unless the readers are reading it... It's, it's supposed to move them to want to read it. True. However, there's only there's a bajillion books, and only it's so, so many to talk about. So, that in of itself, yes, we want to have our readers move to the books, our listeners, I guess, because they're not reading this podcast. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, uh, we actually decided we're, we're going to do some books. We're going to try to make sure that we're doing it a little more often. Yes. Um, Get back we on had, track. Well, it's, we come in waves. Yeah. We always say this, too, that we're going to get into more books, and then yeah. another convention happens, and then... <laughs> We'll and then, can, yeah, yeah, and our some some kinds of crazy news drops, and uh, we just spend a lot of time talking about it. But yes, and one of so what I want to talk about today, which it definitely is a a, a publisher slash I mean comic book series slash you kind of have wanted to read or have needed to be reading it in order to understand it a bit. Um, it is uh, the Aspen Universe's Revelations now. Kind of reviewing uh, number uh, one as well as uh, number two because uh, number one is is out, so people can pick that up now. Mm-hmm. Number two, uh, it's coming out in yeah. a week. So right at the time of this posting, um, that's not out yet, so we can't talk a lot about that one. But really, uh, Aspen and of itself. Uh, is a publishing company which uh, was m- created by uh, the great late uh, Michael Turner, and it's I love I've met them uh, conventions before, and I love the books that are in, but there are that's the thing though too, they have two main titles uh, Fathom and Soulfire. Most people probably have known Fathom from way back when. Um, 1998 was when it was first started uh, under and Tap Cow. Um, Michael Turner uh, created it. Did you say Tap Cow? Top Cow. Top Cow. I was like, I don't know what Tap Cow well, that is. Was my, that was my <laughs> drooly face saying. I guess that. I need to be watching you. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be my word corrector for the day. <laughs> um, no, but uh, and he created this, and it was one of those first um, big uh, series uh, creator owned. Going from a publisher, and there was a huge legal battle of who owned what and this and that. Um, he obviously prevailed and created his own uh, company, uh, Aspen Comics, to to have his series uh, put up there. And with that being said, they are now having a crossover event between those two series. Um, there's a few others uh, that they've uh, created. Uh, Lola XOXO. Okay. Um, what was the one that you... Legends uh, of Oz. Yeah. Yeah. And so they have a few other titles uh, under their belt, but these two are just the bread and butter that... Right. The storytelling is amazing, and I did. I wanted to wait till later to talk about it, but the art is just gorgeous. It is. It is. I, I perused these books a little bit in prep, and yeah. it, they're really pretty. They like, some, no they, lie. Oh, they, and they have some great talent working on their, their books that have... They've worked in collaboration with Marvel and with this DC um, on doing some, like, not really crossover, but help doing a lot of, like, uh, cover art for them. So, like, Aspen um, style, as, you know, DC has their style. Uh, right. Marvel kind of has their, depending on the artist style. House, or their house style. style. Yeah. yeah. 
um, have gone over and um, worked for both of them. But uh, these books um, are written by uh, Josh Hale Fyakov and uh, J.T. Kroll. Um, we got to talk to J.T. a couple years back. Um, he actually went to school with uh, Derek, old man Derek. Really? Yeah. So he's from uh, Michigan? Yep. Nice. So, um, Michigan boy. Yeah. And I have to be 100% honest because, as we were just previously talking about books that people don't always read, I haven't really read much of Fathom. And I got into Soulfire a couple years ago, but kind of fell off not not wanting to read it. Just there's so many books. It's true. Yeah. And this has kind of reignited my want of it. But for a new reader, and I haven't even talked about the books yet. I know. <laughs> We're getting there. Don't worry. Um, very much so. It's kind of a starting point because what they're initially trying to do is create, like I said, their own universe. Um, right. To have these worlds be in the same universe and then go from there and creating new characters and new story arcs and, and new books. Um, I find that an amazing um, idea. Um, and with that comes this miniseries event. And it works quite well. Um, some of these characters I do know, um, like Malachi, um, Grace, and obviously Aspen from Fathom. Um, and how they come together... It seems like the end of the world. Seems like this is the time where they need to fix everything. Right. And that's the the one part that I'm a little bit confused about if in the books it's come up to this At point. At that point or if they're just doing it for this purpose. Yes, for this purpose to do it. Because not having read recently the series, right. has it always been building up to this in both books? Um, but onto the books, it has to do with time travel. Yes, this is... Well, probably why it helped reignite your <laughs> your yes. interest in I this. And <laughs> the the biggest thing, uh, like and greatest thing to explain is um, is Malachi going using his energy and kind of going to the other universe, the right. Fathom universe, and he finds Aspen. But that place is desolate as well. So what necessarily so happened there? Their end of the world already essentially yeah. came about. And then they come back to his universe. But then when they're at his universe, it's not a a where, it's a, a when. Right. And he sees, and it was great to, um, understanding, um, having read some of the, the book, uh, knowing his power is pure energy. Knowing So, step back a second. Fathom is more mystical, ma- magical, um, beautifully drawn, um, kind of about... The simplest way is mermaid creatures, yeah. mermaid, mermans, waterbender, yeah, and water powers <laughs> yeah. and this and that, and having the whole civilization of Atlantis and everything, um, but being able to control water and the elemental and like turn, that. Did she, she turns into water? Yeah, she has control yeah. over yeah. water, um, and that's Aspen, main character from there. And then she, you have she's named after Aspen Comics. Yeah, no. yeah, I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> Or maybe Aspen comics were created after her because no. she was already created. So oh. before Aspen, so yeah. Um, Thanks, I didn't know that. Yeah, you're welcome. More you know, little star. <laughs> and then Soulfire is 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 a technological world where magic has died but is slowly coming back. Um, and with that, chrome dragons and some people with wings and everything, very artistically awesome. Yes. And so, knowing that, this is where you get um, uh, Malachi, who his powers are um, pretty much being a, a source of energy. He is the um, the one, pretty that's, much. That's like bringing back magic, yeah, he's, essentially. Yeah, he's the Neo. And, um, <laughs> and then with that, um, you have, uh, you know, the other, the background people... Um, you know, Grace um, and Benost, uh, all these warriors and everyone that goes on the adventures. So he, as going back, uh, brings her, um, brings Aspen to then his universe, being the last one on hers, and they're not necessarily in the right time. They're now farther in the future, it seems, because yeah. there's now an evil entity of him. As he was explaining, there's always, like, his soul has always been around because he embodies magic. There's always been 
a him. It just reincarnates in a different person. Yeah. Right. And so this person who thinks it's him finds out it's it's not him, but it's a future version of him who shares the same soul. And there was a beautiful splash page of that. And this is kind of where we're getting into the realm of spoiling a bit and having tried to preview. Um, we can't spoil it. No, it's just, it's it's beautifully done wh- how they say um, that happens. There's some other time travel that happens in number two. We're not going to talk about that either. Yes. <laughs> but that... I know, because actually, that's what kind of, that the ending of it is what, like, clinched like, closed it together for me on what was going on. Because mm-hmm. having... I've never read any of this stuff before. And they did a nice job of, like, giving you the character rundowns at the beginning. So you kind of got, like... Well, not only that... Yeah, but they didn't waste time, I felt like. Right. Most books um, will spend the first five pages reintroducing yeah. who these people are. No, they kind of had a, a quip between a couple of people. You kind of got to see the, the you know, camaraderie, but yeah, right. kind of who was who... Oh, you're working on this. So you got to be the mechanic, or right. you know, your powers, you know, ready. Oh, you're the magic user. Like they did a really good job, just in the writing and then in the art too, to kind of more explain who these characters are and give them their distinct uh, look, yep. which they've always had. And so, with that, it, anyone I feel can pick up this book. It's true. Um, however, you may be, a, you'll probably want to go back, which is probably part of the reason why they're. Also, not giving everything away. Right. And you, you should go back. Why yeah. not? I just have to say, like, for for a company that is not huge, but they are definitely well-known, right. um, I have to say I love, on every single book that they put out, they always say Michael Turner's um, Soulfire, Michael Turner's Fathom, because uh, when he passed away with uh, from cancer... Like, he's the one that started this. He's the one that created this. And their whole company is kind of, I mean, it is his legacy, but really look up to he was the person that started it. And right. we want to honor his legacy. Aww. And that's what I, I love most about this publisher. Right. Um, it makes it feel like, so when you get stuff from Marvel and DC, you feel like you're just getting it from, like, a a machine shop. Yeah. Like, people are just, they're just pushing it out. But when, when there's just little stuff like that coming from a comic book... I mean, it really draws you into, like, the camaraderie and the, the scene and stuff like that. Yeah. So this is, like I said, the event. Um, now I'm going to get into it again of, of why they're doing this. It's pretty simple, straight and simple, but it's it's well done. Right. It is one of those where I can't wait to see where this these worlds collide, how they come together. Um, hell, we could be way wrong on the time travel and maybe it's all in their head type thing. Right, or they're not in the times that we think they are. Yeah, because they're, yeah, there's spoilers, there's some stuff (laughs) that we can't talk about yet because the book's not out, but it's, it's amazing. It is, it's really good, and like you said, the art is, it's, the art is pretty, but it also does a really good job helping tell the story, and, uh, I, I mean, the concept of the story is so simple, like, it's the end of the world, we have to save it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's been used so many times, and a lot of times you pick up another book like that, and you're like, ugh, I've already read this story, <laughs> like, a million <laughs> times. But this one, with with them trying to bring together, it clearly is like they're trying to start their own world, their own universe. They're trying to go the Valiant route mm-hmm. and, and build it into a bigger thing. And so far, I think they're doing a really good job. Yep. So I think it'll be a great a great event to read. So I can't wait till more... Things are revealed in the revelations. Awesome. All right. <laughs> I, I have a book. <laughs> you do have a book. That's um, not a comic book. That's a it's a book, full yeah. book. So this is the Black Monday Murders, and it's put out by Image. I don't think I've ever paid $4.99 for a book from Image. Well, I was going to say, like, ever? Because I was going to be like, we no, do I, that all the time. DC and Marvel, I all the time. But from Image, usually their books are like two ninety nine, three ninety nine at the most. So, three ninety nine, so four ninety nine, so an extra buck. Yeah, I well, I paid it, obviously. I wanted it. And it's it's a fat book. It's definitely maybe twice the size? What do you think? Yeah, yeah. that's definitely 50 <laughs> pages right there. Well... Well, tell us how many pages. I mean, you can with the table of contents oh, in the front. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It's 51 pages. Okay. So, right. yeah, because most comics are, what, 20, 
Yeah, seven, 20, four, 20, 24. No, 24. So it's about double. Yeah. So yeah, okay, you're getting some, some bang for your buck here. Um, so yeah, that's one thing. This book has a table of contents, <laughs> which I've never seen in a comic book before. Um, but I'll get into that in a second. So this is put out by Jonathan Hickman, who you and I both love. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is very good at, at writing stories that you might need to read a couple times, and this is definitely Or that you have no fucking clue until, like, Ten issues later right. of what happened in the first one, right? Which might be the case in this book. So I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this review with the warning that um, I don't completely understand what's going on <laughs> in this book yet. So this this isn't gonna be like a full story review, but more why I think people should read this. Um, the arts by Tom Cooker. The colors are by Michael Garland. Russ Wooten 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 did the letters. Um, so essentially. This book is about the financial market and investment firms, which sounds really boring because it is. <laughs> <laughs> but I took finance classes in college, and they were the worst classes I ever had to take. Um, but what this book does is it starts with like the the crash in 1929, the the big one that led to the Great Depression. You know, when the crash happened, people threw themselves out of windows and committed suicide and stuff like that. So it kind of explains what happened behind the scenes during that crash, but instead of it just being completely market-driven, it has to do with, like, witchcraft and magic and all that stuff instead. So these finance firms are ran by, I want to call them covens almost, like families, groups of people who each have a place in in the company and that's their job to do something within the coven to make sure the markets are stable and that their company is successful. And one of them is the guy who runs the scales. Well, I want to, well, yeah, that was because he literally has scales. He literally has scales. So what these scales are, are the balance. So not only are they investing our money, but they're investing their own souls essentially, to a god, Mamon. Mamon? Mamon. Did you ever see the craft? Yes. The god that they, yeah, that god. I love the craft. I, when the, the minute they, I saw his name, I was like, that's the guy, in the, well, he wasn't a guy in the craft. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so when he comes calling for his payment of souls, that's when the market crashes, and they have to sacrifice themselves to make it even out, to not only save their company, but, like themselves because they have one person who's dedicated to sacrificing themselves and then all their little lackeys that actually work in the building. So when people were throwing themselves out of windows in real life, in this book it was because they were being thrown out the window as a human sacrifice to the god. I, before we get into even more of the mystical and everything, okay. I just want to explain uh, a couple of those pages in there when it shows the stock market down there and the people like, oh, you know, for for 100 million for, or not 100, but like, like 100 shares for this and blah, blah. To me, that's that's a language that I that I don't understand. Right. I, I, I know that the stock market works, but I don't understand that in real life. But then to see that there's other language <laughs> really yes. messes with my mind. So it switches from them using their stock market language to just symbols. I'm assuming they're speaking them. I don't know what the, it looks like an alien language. Some sort of that yeah, it's a well, glyphs or whatever they alien call or or ancient right, language exactly, and it kind of just comes over him. So at first you're wondering what the hell's going on because it just happens to him. Like the one guy's nose, like his just his face starts bleeding, <laughs> like out of his nose and his ears and stuff, and then he starts speaking in this language. Same thing happens to a guy out on the floor, and then that's when they realize that the the scales have been tipped mm-hmm. and that sacrifice needs to happen. So I thought that was really interesting. It, like, touched my imagination. I thought about it for a really long time after <laughs> after I read that. I just, I had to reread the beginning over and over and over again to really kind of, like, get in touch with what was going on in this book. Because then it flashes to the future, like now, like present times. Okay. All of these people are still around, like the people in 1929, except for the guy that was sacrificed. Mm-hmm. They're all still around. Like, so clearly, <laughs> there's something going on there. I don't know how normal people haven't noticed that these people haven't aged at all or anything. Um, but it's ha- having to do with, like, 
the merger between finance firms and somebody getting murdered and what that's going to do to the the market and I'm not going to explain this part of the story really because I can't. <laughs> I do got to explain something to you because it now just popped back in my head because I was trying to think I was like besides the craft how do I fucking know that name and I read quite a bit of like interesting you know stories but just going back to even Dante's Inferno well no I wasn't in Dante's Inferno but more or less uh, any RPG or Seven Layers of Hell. Um, but uh, Mammon is the god of greed ah, and one of the princes of hell. That adds so much more to this book. I, I know it does. That's Could why you? I added it to Thank this you. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Thank, well, you added to my knowledge, too, and things, my synapses fired. Now I want to go back and reread the book again. Um, okay, so um, one, of the, one of the heads of the house of this house, this investment firm, this coven, whatever it is, uh, gets brutally murdered. I mean, he's hanging from the ceiling, tied up all bondage styles, blood everywhere. And it's really, I mean, it's it's drawn in a way that it can only come out of a Jonathan Hickman story. It reminded me of God's, God is Dead, like that style. That art actually reminds me a lot of, of that in this book. Um so they bring in a, a police officer who is more, he's, he's super, he doesn't, dabbles in the supernatural. Like that's his, his. He's Constantine? He's Constantine, essentially, yes. <laughs> so um, from that point on, you know, they show the house trying to figure out who's going to replace this guy, trying to figure out what it's going to do to their firm, what it's going to do to the market. They show the police guy trying to figure out what's going on, why this guy was sacrificed, all the little hidden messages that were left for him and stuff like that. Um, and then the book just kind of ends there. He gets a message, he figures out what the clue was, and then he, that's where the book ends. Um, so the table of contents in this book isn't for the actual story itself. It's, there's these little, there's these pages peppered throughout the Oh, there's like full walls of text books, yeah. in the book, and just reading that is like almost all the words in a normal right. comic book. Yes, it took me, I would almost suggest reading the story... On the toilet? <laughs> Still take you that long? I was going to suggest reading the, the actual illustrated story first in its entirety, and then going back and reading, reading the extra, the extra stuff, stuff. Yeah. or going through and reading it. I mean, you could do it at the same time because some of this stuff is important. Like they have a whole page that actually describes to you the different schools of economics and the different people that are like the positions in in the coven, family, firm, whatever. Like they have, they're related to the elements. So they have fire, air, water, and earth, and what that. What about heart? Trans no heart. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but the different so no people, Captain no Captain Planet, I see your reference. <laughs> um, so in family histories and, and there's like ep- excerpts off of conspiracy theory websites and there's just pages with the sim, there's symbols in this book that it kind of explains what those mean, but I think it's going to take me a little more time to fully grasp that. They have the history of the different crashes in the United States and how it ties to like the Wiccan religion and the time of year that they happen and why. It's really interesting. Well, it's because this is a true account. He is finally <laughs> Hickman is trying to tell the world, help me out, I'm going to be sacrificed next. I don't know that he's in the finance field, but maybe. Maybe he was in and he got out and this is his... Uh, how do you think he rose to the top of, WikiLeaks. of com- comics? <laughs> Oh, all right. He sold his soul. He did do that whole God is God's not dead. Is God's not dead? No, God is dead. God is dead. That's what he's trying to prove. God is dead. Stop <laughs> believing in him. He, I don't want him to take my soul. It all's coming around. Um, but yes, no. So, all right. So read this book. If you don't know anything about finance, it's okay, because he. Try, it goes in great depths to try and explain to you what's going on within the books, which I appreciate it, because it is kind of a convoluted concept if you just read the comic by itself. Um, but it's really good, and I am i haven't been so interested in finding out what happens next in a book. More so, just reading what else is put into the book, besides the story even, next, than I have with this one. 
So keep it up, Jonathan Hickman. Yeah. <laughs> do what you do best. Do it. Um, I have a little bit of a PSA, which uh, this pissed me off more than anything in the world. Because it showed up as a suggested post slash sponsored post on Facebook. You know how you get those all the time yeah. now of like advertisements. Um, or you get some of them, like I love crack.com. So there'll be articles from there that will come up um, yep. or whatever have you. And this one was from Arcade Crusher. I'm like, I don't know that one, but probably because I you know look up video game stuff or nerdy stuff that... This might be something that I might like. And the thing was, Pokemon Go on PC. And and I'm like, what is this article? And it's a brief, you know, it's a picture there, and it looks like it's linking to the article of whatever it is. And it goes into saying, you know, Niantic just uh, made a big announcement that they're releasing the new PC version of Pokemon Go. Um, you can be the first to test it out. Um so I'm like, oh, I want to see more of this news. I will click on this to see if, you know, if it's something newsworthy that will bring up. So I click on it, and it opens up a different uh, tab in my browser right. to down, download a, an extension for Firefox. <gasps> and I'm like, uh, yeah, what the fuck? And there's so many people here li- uh, liking it because this also proves the dumbing down of the they, world. They're not reading the full article. They're not, well... There is no full article. Right. They're, they're, they may be clicking and then just thinking, but for whatever reason, or they're just seeing the post and just commenting on the post from the headline. Right. Because a lot of them seem to either be in the camp of, this is awesome, this will give people that have disabilities a way to play this game. I say give them a real po- a Game Boy and a Pokemon and they yeah. have, have more fun. But... I get kind of their point, but what? how would you be walking That's around? what I was just going to ask you. And then, how is that so game going like to work? Said, I'm reading the comments to see, are there any sane fucking people to understand this is probably the biggest malware scam I've ever seen? And other people were like, uh, well, it must be having something to do with moving your cursor or, or tapping that, and that gives your walk and speed. I'm like... No, the point of Pokemon Go is to actually go walk. and explore. Yeah, There's no way that this is on PC... Even tapping on that extension, or I didn't download it because I'm a smart person, but even clicking on the link to open it, and I see some people finally, out of the 100 comments that I was just reading for, please have one out of 100 be smart, and one person goes, yeah, that that shit I am not downloading. Like, whoever you guys are, you're stupid. Don't do it. Right. And I was going to share it with you guys, and I was going to send the link, but I'm like, wait, what link? Because there's no There's no actual link. link. Yeah. So I took a picture of it on my phone to show you guys. And I know Derek would understand more. You're not playing the game. No. But I was just, like, appalled. I have to say a little, actually, the ingenuity of this company, though. Right. It's smart, smart. because it's popular, so they're feeding into Yeah, but they're also getting a lot of who fucking knows what from right. the extension that it's going to download to your game. And it's probably just uh. one of those that's going to just send you... Because I even went to their Facebook page, because they had to be in a Facebook page to, to right, make this to post. post it. There's nothing on their Facebook page either. And so I'm looking, how do I report this? So, like, this? literally they don't have anything on their Facebook page? I didn't page? see anything on it. Well, that's how you know it's shady. Yeah, but I'm like, this shit should be not on Facebook, and you, you have those report buttons that right. you do. Nope, this didn't have one of them. Because it's sponsored. They yeah. made their money. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what pisses me off about that's Facebook. That's ridiculous. So that was Don't one of those... click on the links, you guys. Pokemon Go for the PC, that's not Pokemon Go. That's just Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> so don't think that that's a thing. However, though, I mean, there are Pokemon games that you can play on the PC. There's a lot of emulators. Um... Sad to say, uh, a Pokemon fan fan made game that just was released um, just the other week, um, I believe. Uh, Pokemon uh, Uranium was just uh, all the links were taken down after 1.5 million people downloaded it for free. Yeah, and I totally understand the reason why. It's it's Nintendo's. It's copyright infringement, yeah, and you yeah. need to make sure that you protect that. Um, Especially with the fact the issues that they're having with keeping people interested in Pokemon Go. Well, that's that's Nantech's own fucking fault, but po- right. But, but yeah. they have the Nintendo has the new uh, Sun and Moon um, coming out. Um, I think uh, this fall or this Christmas time. I don't remember when that's being released, but 
So they have a new Pokemon game coming out. It's not even the lack of love. People are going to still buy those games oh, left yeah. and right. But it comes down to when fans create their own type of game, they could have totally probably used the same mechanics that they had in it, mm-hmm. but don't use any exist. Don't call it Pokemon. Call it Pocket something else. Pocket Monsters. Because <laughs> that's... They probably no, own that copyright, yeah, too. <laughs> yeah. Do we... Wait, what are all those other rip-off? What is it? Digimon? <laughs> Digital monsters, Fur, furry, furry <laughs> creatures, furry. Yeah. I don't know, but um, yeah. either or, Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, it it brings up the point of there's been other games, fan made things, or even when we've talked about before of this, the fan made um, little shorts of movies that people. Oh make. yes, and some of those are amazing. Yes, it's it's when they become amazing, which is when it becomes a problem, right? Because. Any little kid and his, you know, friends at the park making something of Star Wars, that's, even if it was a cute thing that was shared a bajillion times, how low res or anything it is. Right. And if, even if it was five minutes of them recreating everything. Right. They're not going to take that down because that's really not, but when someone has the money and some actors to make some really good looking scenes, Mm -hmm. that's when they're going to step in and say, no, this this seems too close to home. Right. And this you guys are making us look bad, essentially, is what they're saying. <laughs> well, and it can be a little bit confusing for the few people that have not ever heard of Star Wars. Right. Um, Star Trek as well, that they recently had for um, those problems. And then they came out with their own um, legalese of how you could make something for like five minutes each. And all that's bullshit, personally. It's... It... it it hurts me that fans can't make something for free, for the love of it, just to be shared. Right. This being a little bit different because it's a game. But those people spent, like, I think nine years it was creating this game. And they just had to take it down. Yeah. Now, they they still have it out there right. to the, you know, 1.5. So if you downloaded it, you can still play it. It's not like it's that you have to... Yeah. They have and to shut it down or no, anything like that. And there's still, I mean... Fuck, once something's downloaded once, that can easily get on a you oh, know, yeah. torrent site somewhere. For sure. But it's still going to get downloaded. But the point is how I understand the, the need to protect copyright. Right. But at what point do you stifle artistic expression for something else? I mean, every time that you can't do that, and it goes even to uh, people at uh, cons. That right. Are Cosplaying or... Cosplaying or people that are drawing art. Right. That's not theirs. No. People who don't do original characters. Mm-hmm. But this, to me, there's such a difference between, like, so the people who made this game clearly love Pokemon. They're not doing it to try and, like, edge out Pokemon and make some of that Pokemon cash because they're giving it away for free. Our friends who draw at cons, artists who are drawing for, you know, characters that they don't own, they're doing it because, well, they're commissioned to one. Or two, because they love those characters. But then you have those people who are just 100% just ripping off content just to make money off of it. And they need to be able to figure out the difference between the two. Like, I, but I, even though, I don't know how gonna, you can, But though. even if you have, uh, you know, Joe Blow, comic book artist. I was going to throw in a real name, but I don't want them to be in trouble. <laughs> but, like, uh, who's doing a picture of Spider-Man. That's... They didn't come up with Spider-Man. No. That's not their creation. Right. Technically, I mean, Marvel has every right to mm-hmm. stop and desist, but then again, too, once it's already done, yeah. prove it type thing. But it's one of those things of they they don't they don't look at it. I mean, right. they don't stop that to a point. Right. Because that also gets people wanting Spider-Man. If you were a kid going to every convention and, sorry, kid, I can't draw Spider-Man from you, it's going to make people be like, fuck Spider-Man then, draw me Batman right. or something. Exactly. Like, and why wouldn't you want one of your favorite artists to be able to draw a character that you love? You can't... Marvel artists, I mean, getting commissions from the, from them, like from top-tier artists in Marvel and DC, that's expensive. I don't, I don't have Marvel cash. Well, that's a, and so that's I what, have con it, cash. I have <laughs> Artist Alley cash, okay? <laughs> so when it comes down to a, a game, it's it's very... I don't know, like, where where does it come from, the fan fiction? Right. 
Uh, well, you know, you, mean, this has been done successfully and and to to a profit, right? Wow. Um, well, have you ever read fan fiction? On the I've internet? read some fan fiction. I mean, yeah. So Fifty Shades of Grey is started in its infancy as Twilight fan fiction. No. Yes, it did. <laughs> so No. <laughs> it did. My beloved Bella. <laughs> I can't even fake that. No, fuck. No. Twilight 2. Why two monsters came from that? Yeah. How, there's Isn't no it? fucking way. So I kind of want to track like the progression of this because Where's like Stephanie Myers had a dream about werewolves. a sparkly vampire, so she wrote Twilight. Twilight moved this woman to write fan fiction. But fan was... fiction would be taking what's there and, like, making in the universe. Right, and Fifty Shades of Grey is not that, right? Yeah. It's something, it feels like it's something completely different. However, she, in its origin, it was about Bella and Edward. Oh, okay. So. She just switched them to be yes. both humans then? So, in a lot of fan fiction is, that... is sexualized. Is that know. partly why the, well... Okay, I I have no fucking clue. I know a little bit more about Twilight because it's been around longer, so people have talked about it. Right, but Fifty Shades of Grey. It's about some lady that wants to get domineered by some guy she, who's rich, and you know and what? Powerful, which that, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Now I'm getting you're getting it right. The connection, yeah, he's been around for a while, yep. built up millionaire, and so she 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 published these stories on a website, which is where you find all fan fiction is on the internet anymore. Um... It was called Master of the Universe. So Sounds... they're making a He-Man fanfiction? <laughs> that fiction? would be way sexy, but no, that's not what it is. Um, so wh- once, what I what I think happened is because it was so sexual and in such a not common way because of all the, the, the bondage and stuff, she took it down and put it up on her own website. And then, and then eventually, it just transitioned into the Fifty Shades of Grey. She changed the characters' names. You know, and then she way published too it much as a book. On this shit. I know. You... <laughs> I've never. The funny thing is, is I literally have never read any of these. Just, but I just find the it, fan fiction part of yes. it. Yes. No, I haven't read that. Either, but I find it really interesting. I, I mean, honestly, who the what the fuck? Who would have thought that Fifty Shades of Grey? Whips and Chains sex movie that got a bunch of middle-aged white women hot and bothered for handcuffs came from sparkly vampires and teenage angst. <laughs> like, where does that, where does one, where does one come from the other? But that's, that's what happened successfully. So, you know, sometimes, and Stephanie Myers read it. She read Fifty Shades of Grey. She knew where it came from. And she's like, it's not my story, but that's cool. <laughs> so, you know, the, let, let people interpret stuff how they want and. I guess maybe don't directly copyright infringe things. It's probably the problem with Pokemon, but well, that's what if they change the names. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like though, they should be out there. It is out there. It's in the wild. People can go catch it yeah. and <laughs> catch them all. Yeah, catch all the, the weird links. <laughs> um, so you mentioned He Man. Well, you mentioned He Man. No, you mentioned He Man. You said she wrote <laughs> fan fiction for. That's all I heard from you because <laughs> then I he started out thinking all about the other stupid. <laughs> Prince Adam and the and the G string is that what it was started happening over yeah. there? Yeah, um, all that other stuff. Uh, no, they have the 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 reboot uh, to Master of the Universe. I want to say that this is the perfect reboot, perfect example of things that are getting should, reboots and should be. Yeah, although <laughs> the other one is a cult classic now. And so, in that terms, you kind of be like, "Oh, well, you're kind of shitting on the first one." No, cult classics are not. Well, not only good that, movies usually. Well, not only that, but it's also something that's based off a. Of, it's serialized. There's many different stories you can tell yes. of Prince Adam, which actually this is actually what's going to be about him becoming He Man. So yes. Prince Adam, at episode least, one of the cartoon. At least as far as what, yeah, <laughs> as far as what Mick G, the the director. Wants to make it about, but he also wants it to be a little more uh, whips and chains and Game, sex and boobs and games of throne. Which I, that's I have a hard. I mean, masters. Have a hard of the, yes, <laughs> I have a hard time with uh, with connecting 
boobs to, to He-Man because I watched He-Man when I was a child. So oh, me, there's this only is like a... two girls in the entire show? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, this is a kid's, kid's property is what I'm thinking. That's true, too. And that is that is one of those things where I would fault more towards PG-13. But right. then again, as I say, though, with Transformers stuff, make it more for us adults. Well, that's, yeah, yeah. But the people well, don't watch well, actually, he though, Here's the thing, though. You're exactly right, though. It was never in our property. Right. It should never be in our property. It doesn't need to be that. Um, and if that's the way it's going, uh, boo on them. However, I think that's more sensationalism of people um, talking about, you know, it's going to be a little bit more darker than the campy fun. Right. Um, you well, know. and he said he wanted to do, like, Game of Thrones stuff in it, which I guess... Well, maybe that's eye-gouging and backstabbing. Yeah. It doesn't have to be boobs. Yeah. I mean, that yes, that is 80% of Game of Thrones, but... There's other stuff. There's, There's food, dragons. Yeah, and food and drinking yeah. wine. and Yeah. So it could be all the other stuff, too. And maybe it's just the feel of Game of Thrones that he wants, like with the, the castles and the fighting and stuff like that. But I, I hope it leads to a she movie. I still, I, I, <laughs> I personally, and I've said this before about another great podcast that people should listen to, um, How Did This Get Made uh, with Paul Shear. It Shear? Yeah. I wonder if I'm related to him. That's my last name. Yeah, I wonder. What, yeah, you probably I are. I think they're spelled differently. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, the first one that I ever came across of those was Masters of the Universe. I'm like, what are they going to say about this? I'm wondering how it got made. And then I'm like, holy shit, they're making fun. Wow, how did this movie get made? <laughs> this movie sucks. I still hold it near and dear, but also I look at it a little bit differently. I always watch like, rose-tinted glasses. Now I'm like... That was garbage. Well, you know who made made those movies, right? There was that studio, and I can't remember the name of it. But it was I knew a you were going to say. I'm trying to think of Israeli what stu- brothers who made yeah. all those really shitty she, movies. But they were all like gems mm-hmm. for some reason. Yeah, many people <laughs> will remember watching those movies, and back in the day, were like, "That was awesome." Yes, they did a good job taking movies that traditionally would have been super bad, and and making them. People love them. It in the end, really. <laughs> You know, and so yeah. You know what really doesn't need to be remade? Clue. Oh, I heard about that. There's so many this is delving a bit off of comic book news, but still when they made that movie Battleship, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And I watched it cuz I like watching shitty movies and Clue as as a whole they already made a movie of it. Yeah, and it was it actually was really, really good. good. Yeah. And it was a murder mystery mm-hmm. plot. And also, and we've talked about it before on the show, of when they initially put it out, they had, which they had small print uh, when you're looking at the movie, you know, in the paper to see which one you're going to, which screenings, A, B, and C, because they had three different endings. And so many people were confused when they came out of that of who done it. And people were talking, no. This person killed it. No, uh Because I saw they had person. different... How did, I did not know that. Yeah, and that's why whenever it's shown on TV, they always show who did it, and then they like, commercial break, and then they'll be like, but wait, and then they'll do a oh. rethink. They show all three of them on TV whenever it's down. You can't make that up anymore. You can't no. do that. So what's it going to be? And I don't know. That's that's just a whole different sign tangent. I think we need to be the authority on what's reboots and what's they not. They should come to us first. Because we we will we'll clearly clue thumbs down, he man thumbs up. Yeah, those are the only two that I know of right now. <laughs> <laughs> Ghostbusters would have been a thumbs down, you guys, yeah. just so you know. Um, so Robert Kirkman of Walking Dead fame, who that's the only thing I've ever read by him, but he also has a, another great comic book that's been around for a really long time called Invincible, and started in when did Walking Dead start? Do you know? When that book started? I want to say 2008, Okay, so th- this predates that by at least five years. So this has been ongoing since 2003. And he's bringing it to an end with next year. I've, they announced it like it was happening tomorrow. All the news sites are like, Invincible's are, coming to an end. Oh, my God. Are you... <laughs> Do you understand the world that we live in? I know. I we, know. We, are, we are comic books. <laughs> we announce shit 
years that's in the true. future. That's true. Wow, Linz, I <laughs> think I might vote you off the island. You can't vote me off the island. It, they did. It was announced with such urgency, though. Like it sounded like it was going to happen soon, but really, it's the start of the end of the arc in November. So there's going to be another 12 issues, ending in uh, number 144 next year. Uh, but it's one of the longest running independent. Well, yeah. Properties. Well, well Kirkman had uh, initially thought that when he when he started that he would have someone possibly take it over. Something how like Marvel has of all their heroes, right. other artists, other. Well, and does he write The Walking Dead even anymore? Even is he still on that full time? Yeah, I didn't know if he had other people step in and do it with no. him. No, I don't read The Walking Dead. Okay, why don't you read some good comic books then? <laughs> I do. Um, <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> No, it, he's he was thinking that way, but then realizing though why they created this, um, that's not the way to handle this book. And also uh, with Ryan Otley uh, talking about wanting to possibly do other projects, do other things, you know, it just thought like it's the perfect time now yeah. to end it. I also here's my little OCD thing though. They're ending on issue 144. <laughs> I'm like, no! 150! <laughs> do six more issues! You can do it! 144 is an even number. But it's not that, like, it's a pinnacle 150th issue. No, but it's like, you can't you divide 144 by 12? Well, are we going to look for some deeper meaning in that? Well, I'm like, saying it's going to give you, like, a full ye- like year's length worth of issues. So if you do 144, it's going to be, like, a full nine years, ten years, or whatever, of issues that you'll have. What's like, that, literally what's that like, got to do with anything, though? No, you <laughs> go, you reach for that milestone of 150. <laughs> Has anyone ever given an award to, hey, you made it to 144 issues? But no, you could you could break it down, and it was it came out every month for, for nine full years. Yeah, and then you is. also say, this came out every month for whatever that equals, nine full years, and we also made it to 150. <laughs> They don't get to say the last part. Because if they made it to 150, they could still say that first part that you said. Clearly, I'm just, they don't have that OCD in me like you do. But I, I mean, good job for him. Most things don't make it past issue three anymore without starting to back over at number yes. one. That's true. <laughs> so, give him that. And Invincible, I mean, it has, people love it. It's been around for this long for a reason. So, and it's about, essentially, if Superman had a kid... Who, you know, it's about what his kid would be like. So, uh, it'll be missed, I think, in the in the comic world. Hopefully, he'll replace it with something, and that's why he's ending it. I could see it. But speaking of long running comics, there's another one that uh, has been out for a while. Actually, it's in 2003 as well. Um, Marvel put out Runaways. Did you ever read that book? Yes. It was. It, it was amazing. So good. So it's, there's been talk about this for a while too. The uh, coming out with a TV show, mm-hmm. yeah, I it had for years now. Um, but it's found a home at Hulu, so Marvel is spreading the seed everywhere when well, it comes to why not? I mean, all these new deals besides the ones that they made a long time ago with Sony and Fox, they still retain the rights. They still right. have in charge, but it makes it makes more sense like. I've heard some people complain of, well, then, you know, I want my Netflix, you know, go with... But you got to realize, too, though, with Netflix, though, the, what they're doing with their little it's universe... So dark. Yeah, the Runaways wouldn't be a good fit in no. there. I mean, and the, the Runaways, no, it's not happy. It's not a happy book. But oh, it and doesn't... it can be dark, too. But, yeah. But they're kids. Right. And, and although they're, like, more adult than kids in some of it, it... And also think about the budgets too. Right, like Hulu doesn't ha- like has a lot of extra non. Well, okay, not saying more more money than Netflix, but they have they don't they aren't spending it on superhero shows currently. So right. they have the cash to spare to maybe make it really good. Right. Um. Well, and I'm hoping that Hulu does their so Netflix. You get a show, you get all of it all at once. Hulu, they don't do that. They release one show per week, like it's. TV, so I know, and that's... I'm kind of happy with going back to that though because I'll I say who like as much as everyone is giving Netflix praise, Hulu has done some good original programming. That eleven twenty three sixty three show, or oh whatever. the Stephen King, yeah, book one, Whoa, yeah, it was incredibly well crafted. So I have faith in them. 
right? I, I just want everything Brian K. Vaughn writes to become a TV show or movie eventually, so this is a good place to start. Well, a good place to start if you haven't really been into Spider-Man is the new uh, published book that's coming out this fall, Spider-Man Renew Your Vows, number one. Um, I want to talk about it a bit because it was a great tie-in story to Secret Wars, which we're seeing more and more of these side stories that were so great becoming actual books now in the Marvel Universe. And as we've pointed out before of which universe is it, they combine one universe, we're now seeing these segmented universes that are on their own encapsulated, and this was one of them. This book is, uh, to get into what it was about, was a universe where Spider-Man, well, within the book, too, kind of gave up being Spider-Man because of uh, some shit going down and they couldn't use their powers, but he married MJ and had a daughter, their daughter Annie. So um, with that being said, um, she inherited Spider-Man's abilities, and the idea for this... um, Obviously, it was in Secret Wars, but the new costume designs uh, our buddy Ryan Stegman came up with, and I'm loving it. A whole Spider-Man family. Like, that's part of what this book is going to be about, is is seeing him as a family man. Instead of the same thing that he's been every... He'll get the girl, and then they break up, because you always need to have woe is me, single Spider-Man. So I, I love this route. I like that they're doing this, and I like seeing something a bit different from Spider-Man and the new designs look awesome um I saw a sneak peek before even the news places got out um but now it's all over so definitely check uh out the designs for both MJ I like how they they um made Annie's costume totally looks like you can tell if you didn't know she was a kid you could tell by looking at her costume because she's padded to (laughs) (laughs) Like, if any parent, well, you're going to go crime fighting. You need mm-hmm. to make sure you're wearing your knee pads and your arm pads, your helmets. <laughs> so, no, good job, Ryan. They're they're beautiful. Of course, I. what what are you else are you going to expect from him? Yeah. All right, so uh, this week's Booze in the Book. Do it. Sees. I'm going to make this simple and sweet, but I did think it was hilarious uh, seeing Harley Quinn playing Pokemon Go um, within the pages of Suicide Squad number one. Which, as a book, is amazing. It's still good. Um, just like some of the old stories, obviously it's number one because DC had their whole. Well, Re- I was gonna say crisis, but it wasn't a crisis. But no, you Re- know their reboot, their latest reboot. Yeah. And so with that, the sees the group uh, going back to what they are supposed to be doing: tactical, um, like reconnaissance type missions, unlike a. Uh, kill stupid zombie baddies in a (laughs) parking lot. So, because of that sour taste in my mouth, but with this great book, fucking love whiskey, but I gotta pair this with a whiskey sour. No. I love whiskey sours. Now I want to read this book. I I do love whiskey (laughs) sours too, but it more or less the sour part just I threw in because I also thought whiskey would be a great, just strong drink for this book. Well, and you got villains. I would imagine they're not beer drinkers. What's well, my favorite pairing? Because I also paired it with a movie that I hate, but <laughs> <laughs> of the same name. So I, th- I don't know if that's ever been done before on this show. If one drink <laughs> encompassing a movie and, and a, a book. book, yeah. Oh, a whiskey sour. Uh, I think that's a good pairing because it could go either way. Depends on how much sour mix you put in it. <laughs> Well, Linz, do you have a, a final word for the week? I have, I have words of wisdom for you, Tony. Okay. You can't find happiness at the bottom of beer. Well, no shit. Who's happy when you run out of beer? <laughs> Touche. <laughs> Stay thirsty for Drunk on Comics fan fiction. Featuring Lindsay and Tony as superheroes. <laughs> you can find Drunk on Comics on Facebook and Twitter. On iTunes. Stitcher. As well as our own website, DrunkOnComics.com. With a lot of our friends on the Points of Interest Podcast Network. And now, our Podcast Detroit's Network. Yeah, we pour ourselves out a lot. We're sluts. Yeah.